0: Humanity. This is Osteris Oz Miller. Today I'm joined by a special guest, Alejandro Lemus gomez my good friend, who has recently graduated from Young Harris College a semester early. He is also going to Cambridge, and he's been accepted to a few MFA programs from other places. He will explain more about himself, Cuban-American, scholar, poet, brilliant mind.
1: Thank you for this uh, introduction. I'm very humbled. Um, Yeah, so I... Um moved to uh north georgia my junior year of high school and i finished out my career here in young harris with a degree in uh uh, literature and philosophy as my minor um i spent a lot of time you know investigating the ways in which we use language you know to understand our own identities and our place in the world um not just philosophically but also poetically like how is it that we gain meaning from our experiences uh be it in mundane things like i don't know making your coffee in the morning to confronting uh, life's most important questions, like what do I do, you know, when my friends and family pass away, or or what do you do when you completely change your uh, place in the world, or how do you interact with places that are uh, not similar to your home, you know, different cultures and stuff like that. So, I'm very excited to be here.
0: Excellent. And today, I'm joined, right? We're gonna talk about the concept of wokeness. Mm. Uh, so. To explain wokeness, as we always do, we have to explain terminology mm. that is seemingly apparent but may be misconstrued through, uh, you know, these language games that we play. Mm. I had to mention Wittgenstein real quick. Yeah. Always have the philosopher in. Playing them games. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. So wokeness, as we are going to talk about it in this podcast, is the state of knowing knowledge that is apparent but is hidden by society and recapitulation. and. Uh, Reduxing of the narrative that is a global history. So the wokeness would be the fact that I know that Nefertiti was darker than she is represented in movies, or the fact that ancient Egyptians uh, did not simply fall to the Ptolemies; that there were multiple kingdoms, and that Nubians weren't just these savages coming up from the south. Then I would be considered by, oh my, you know, it's not you're smart; it's Wow. Yeah, we're woke. Indeed. And this, <laughs> th- this makes it seem as though what I have done is something astronomical, mm. right? What we do to become these woke individuals is astronomical. Don't get me wrong. The term woke in and of itself is not bad. It's a, the it's a underpinnings of the wokeness that is represented by the people who view wokeness. Wow, that person had to spend so much time becoming woke. I could never do that. And then it's always mm. that, that idealism, right? The, the, they become an ideologue of the ideology, of the wokeness. And I might like the ideology, but I could never represent it fully. Too many people
1: are drinking NyQuil. Can't, can't wake up, man. Indeed. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting how wokeness itself gets thrown around as a word. Because just by knowing a simple fact, you mm. could just Google or reading a book or if you pay attention during class Mm -hmm. stay off your phone right uh listen you may recognize like oh wow you know wokeness right is just pursuing truth Mm -hmm. you know and we often think about truth as like oh like this something that's so foreign to us but really like if you just try to investigate you yourself can become woke but i think like using that term right like as you mentioned like is very easy to apply to someone and make them, or, or, or like treat them as like the idol for this kind of um, either like discipline or um, like media. So mm-hmm. like when we call the celebrity woke, right? Like we kind of put them up on this like pedestal of being like a saint of like, oh my goodness, like they're so woke, they're so, I don't know, bay or what? like, you know, that, that yeah. joke is he's so woke so bae. Um, where as a result, we forget that they themselves are also human, right? They're yeah. capable of slipping up and uh not recognizing uh, you know, certain truths in the world because of their experience, right? Um, so I like I also agree, like woke itself is a good word. Its use, however, is trickier. And I think we should always try to strive to be woke, but you know, just putting a cap on our learning and just saying, oh, you know, he's so woke to other people is what prevents us from that constant learning
0: absolutely so we have uh we, we have a few scholars that talk about um the 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 re-administration of history mm. we have Césaire um of martinique mm. who who taught Franz fanon and by way of cesare we have fanon and we have Stuart hall we have so many young people in the negritude movement as it's called which mm-hmm. is it doesn't sound Like a positive thing that people are trying to fight for the right to reclaim history. And to many conservatives, they're like, Why don't you just accept the fact that uh it it, not everything was created by black people? Um, and then it's like, just just it's history, forget about it. Why does it matter how they're represented? (laughs) And then uh so Fanon would say, Of course it doesn't matter to you. You have white skin, white mask. We have Mm. black skin, uh, and the facade that is a white mask, not only do we have to be black so we can't be like you, Mm -hmm. but we also have to be like you at the same time so we can't be you, right? Mm -hmm. But if we act too much like your stereotype that is us, right? always mentioning the history or always saying that's not exactly right or always saying, you can't say that then magically, yo, you're acting too black. But now Mm -hmm. with the wokeness, oh, uh, a white person who's remembering black history or a famous black person who happens to know Trevor Noah coming from South Africa. He's closer to the to to the epicenter, so to speak. Right. Mm -hmm. But it logically thinking he's Mm -hmm. as far as you can get from the epicenter, a country that was segregated and, and had a massive hegemony. Uh, the the Afrikaners mm-hmm. uh, making movements to suppress the history of the Bantu people migrating of of all of the groups of the of the Shona of the, Mosa, of the Isizulu mm-hmm. in the region right among countless others would make people who went to school in South Africa seemingly the least woke people. Mm-hmm. It is uh, it is going outside of. The coursework, right? Because hegemony is never going to tell you about something that would make you socialize differently than what is necessary for the society to keep functioning, right? Yeah. You have to go outside of school. Yeah. Now, this is the problem, right? So, if school is the slumber, right? Mm. If school is a self eating slumber, right? The mm-hmm. cannibal slumber, so to speak, referencing yeah. Austin Watson. Of course, of course, right? Then school puts us in a sleep of the lotus eaters. And the siren of of these false histories these these faux narratives come up mm-hmm. and devour our our psyche our ability to learn
2: mm-hmm.
0: right and then once we do realize something it, it completely throws in a retrospective wrench yeah into our into our ability to form new narratives and either we go like no 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 i mean i guess it's true but it's too hard for me to understand. I'm glad I'm glad they had to deal with it. I'm glad yeah. they know. And now they could sort of simple it down and let me know. They'll be
1: woke for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's like, wow. And then they just keep moving on with their dick. Yeah. Wow, I'm going to go to Starbucks. Or yeah. somebody talks about fair trade's impossible. That's not a thing. Well, wow. Starbucks does it. Starbucks uh, yeah, is woke. Yeah, yeah. My you venti see, wokeness is delicious this morning. A, a fair trade coffee, someone tells you, would have to be $14. Wow, as... The, that's that's remarkable, and then they they have this uh, what would you call it this where they're pushing down mm-hmm. the the actualized world for an idealized world, and mm. whenever the idealized world is shown not to be able weltschmitz, the the German term weltschmitz, uh-huh. where you have an idealized world, but then you see the world as it is creeping up yeah. and showing you that the idealized is not actually an affirmative, but yeah. rather a consequent. Mm-hmm. That negates itself, mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: so it's not possible. Yeah, uh, they can't both exist. So you can't watch these films like The Gods of Egypt. Yeah, that has uh, Gerard Butler in it. Yeah, playing an Egyptian god. Yeah, like and oh also god. claim that someone's woke, like Akala, the yeah. the British rapper yeah, and yeah. scholar who talks about the whitewashing of history and in, in his Oxford mm-hmm. um, speech. Yeah, you these two can't coincide, right? It's it's relativism they you can't literally have um, a belief that tells you that history is one way and then uh, listen and attest to someone who tells you history is in a completely different way they can't coincide unless you believe in a multiverse interesting interesting
1: but um it's i I completely agree right like once you know the truth of a matter it's Mm. very difficult to engage so like I think of it with music a lot where we have this tendency to idolize musicians so like david bowie yeah. and other people of that sort and my the issue is like once you start investigating like the personal lives of these people you yeah. realize like you know they've done some pretty terrible stuff like i can't listen to david bowie anymore because mm-hmm. i just think about you know the what what is apparently like uh, the sexual like uh, harassment stuff that mm-hmm. he did when he mm-hmm. was um uh younger and in knowing that like i can't engage with his art anymore and i choose not to even though it, was, it used to be one of my favorite pieces Absolutely. like um but now that i've recognized that like i i i then worry like if those prejudices that he had as a person are also in his art um mm-hmm. and i think too with like um i wanted to go back to like what you mentioned with like um with like schools right where like i i, I think about not dropping names when hmm. I think about like higher education, I feel like the professors that try to challenge students the most are often the ones that are most persecuted and ostracized either by students or uh, other faculty and administration. Um, so the the ones that are the most woke, trying to wokeify, if we will, trying to wake up rather, other students, right? Are the ones that usually are targeted by, you know, alt-right groups. Like we see this with George Yancey um, who gets like hate mail daily absolutely Um, and other professors that have like lost their jobs uh, as a result of their reputation being put into harm's way mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's interesting to see how this this kind of theme continues to like occur throughout history right where you know people who try to you know rescue history for uh, rescue actual history and truth from this idealized History construct, or or the history which he- hegemonic systems put into place that feed us, right? We are the ones that get per- like it's a witch hunt, and it's terrible Absolutely. when when you know even like let's break down the like the notion of a witch, right? Mm-hmm. Where or a wizard, if you will, like these uh, sorcerers, right, are trying to find new ways to engage with our reality through magic, right? Mm-hmm. And the same thing with these kinds of academics, scholars, public speakers. Um, sometimes social media the social like media influencers or like meme makers or whatever right like they mm. are showing us the the truths through creative ways uh, to like majority of the public and as a result they're the ones that are targeted by hegemonic systems and people influenced by them mm. um, because that's it's not to say that the that most people don't have agency of their own mm. but they just never knew an
0: alternative to yes. what they always knew yeah yeah. yeah. It um continuing with that mm-hmm. that's very interesting because there there was in in the colonial times of uh europe of course yeah i say the colonial times let's be honest it's still happening Ooh. uh there's no that was so woke <laughs> exactly <laughs> no <laughs> so, yeah yeah you're right so, you're so right. we have like Manoni saying that that uh people during colonialism like Krails in the mm. caribbean yeah, were um predisposed to an inferiority complex because of their ability to be captured they knew that they were inferior mm-hmm. but fanon disputes this entirely mm-hmm. by saying that um people do not have an inferiority complex that it is a defense mechanism mm-hmm. and that it's not in fact an inferiority complex mm-hmm. but a way to attest to the status quo so you don't upset the the balance right Mm -hmm. which people who are in positions of inferiority don't believe in the balance but they believe that the people who are in a superior place believe in the balance so Mm -hmm. they passively right Mm -hmm. through spirituals through storytelling through dances Mm -hmm. uh build up a resolve to be able to so even though uh christianity after the third generation might be prevalent Mm -hmm. right you have this ability to still uh, talk about white people negatively, mm-hmm. right? So like in, in black communities, we have a lot of Southern Baptist people mm-hmm. who the older generations uh, despise, at, at many times, uh, white people and mm-hmm. white America, Yeah. yet they believe in God. And, and then whenever you ask them mm-hmm. about where do you think your belief in the Christian God came from, slavery, no. then they they can't look past it, right? Yeah. It's like the two narratives cannot coincide, the the convergence point, mm-hmm. right? They can talk about what, how it used to be whenever we were free and then now, but the point, so it's like two triangles facing each other, an yeah. hourglass, so to speak, Yeah. where you have the bottom, mm-hmm. which is us existing right now, mm-hmm. and you have the bottleneck. Yeah. Which is the time whenever the syncretism occurred, mm-hmm. and you have the pre the pre colonial times, mm-hmm. which is whenever we were all free,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then the the bottleneck whenever the syncretism occurred, the the Christianation of of uh, the black diaspora, right? Um, we we can't ever talk about it, right? There's a psychological paradigm that exists when I can't accept the fact that I am only Christian because of the people that I despise have made me so Mm
2: -hmm.
0: or have made my ancestors falsely convert who didn't believe. Mm -hmm. And then they told their children who would have saw the practices of their parents. Right. Mm -hmm. But by the third generation where the grandparents were dead, the original freed people. Mm -hmm. And then though the parents of the, of the third generation, the second generation parents would have told, the the uh, children, the grandchildren of the freed of the once free people, mm-hmm. about the old traditions. The children have only grown up with their parents telling about people who they've never met, mm-hmm. telling about the old ways, but being socialized to the new faith, the new way of existing. Yeah. And by the great great grandchildren of the people who were once free, they are Christian yeah. and they are socialized to being slaves of the system. Not even mm-hmm. necessarily slavery, right? And then they still have this animosity towards the hegemony because of their parents learning it from their parents who learned it from the free people who obviously had this hate for a good reason, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: right? They cannot conceptualize the faith before because it's been lost because no writing system, no ability to openly speak the languages of their ancestors. Eventually, you're just speaking English, Mm -hmm. And then you can't talk about anything because you have overseers and you have people who would tell the master about it. And then by the fourth, the fifth generation, right. You, you talk about the old ways, but the old ways are just stories. They're myths. Now they're Mm. not a living tradition that still exists in the, in the first place. Right. Yeah. You are diaspora talking about the old myths. Right. And now, you have people, so whenever young black people start doing Rasta, right, which mm-hmm. is a syncretic religion as well, doing uh, Santeria, doing voodoo, right? Mm-hmm. Whenever young um, people who live in the Caribbean and North America who come from the diasporas of of uh, the indigenous people, the Tainos, the Arawaks, the Africans, whenever we start practicing or start talking about the real history, how we became Christian, right? The older generation, our grandparents, sometimes our parents are like, stop, stop, God is real. But then whenever you hit them with, but what about your great-grandfather? Mm-hmm. The, what did your great, you always talk about the old times. Did your great-grandfather believe or was he forcibly converted? Then your parents. Mm-hmm. And now you, why, what's the real reason? And then there's that amphictelsa, right? The, the The trial of faith am I only this way because of the person I hate Mm -hmm. has made me this way. And then whenever they realize that, right. The, the elders in our community, oh, they're woke, but they themselves are like, wow, they know about the old history. Yeah. Yeah. My grandson's smart. They're woke. Right. Even, even our elders are using this term from the media. Really? Yeah. But then they themselves refuse to, to meet that bottleneck where mm-hmm. the the religion and the and the the hegemony coincided to create what we now are as woke individuals
1: yeah yeah and i think part of the issue is that like history has conditioned older generations not to attempt to like go against their its influence you know mm-hmm. um because i think w- w- i i would like to think that like younger people to, to be mm-hmm. more broad are have a predisposition towards, I guess, rebelling towards the old, right? And in this and in this kind of context that we're living in now, where we're um, like people that are of like the diaspora, diaspora mm-hmm. cultures, right, are trying to reconnect to those old roots and understand that history in order to like uncover what the hegemony has like mm-hmm. covered up. Um, I think uh, it, it obviously like, it's essential. I'm just like, I'm now like concern for these older generations right where it's you could try to you know take out the kind of spiritual culture that they've been handed down by the hegemony over the course of time Mm -hmm. however their personal identity because it's been removed from history for so long
2: Mm
1: -hmm. uh it it may be a lot more difficult and painful and i think that that it's a net i would say it's necessary to do so even if it is painful to reconnect to the old Mm -hmm. you know tradition in order to like recognize how one is part of history yeah because i think that's part of the issue with the united states right where we're conditioned to think that like we are rugged individuals we are born into this world thrown into it and have to confront it with whatever we have our bootstraps so to speak right but in doing so having that kind of narrative right prevents us from recognizing how our situation is really constructed by the system we're born into that's part of the reason why we need people specifically younger people to try and change that structure be it you know culturally uh politically legally through the arts absolutely and we see this a lot with um contemporary artists and like hip-hop r&b they're fusing different uh styles of music in order to restructure the very notion that we have of Mm -hmm. what these genres are Mm -hmm. genres that are liable to being whitewashed or appropriated but in in having them in building one's own structure it's more difficult for hegemonic you know the the hegemony to take it for itself and then mm. twist it how it was before you know it's it's a kind of it's a kind of secretism that i think functions yeah uh adapting the old to the new in ways that are not a, a, able to be appropriated mm. i would say yes i would hope at least yes i don't want to see i mean like we see you know s- subgroups of white people practicing pagan religions however that's not the same thing as as the as old Centauria. yeah yeah as as other like or Igbo traditions as well yeah
0: yeah because ah oh, this is brilliant because yesterday i was talking to a young woman mm-hmm. who told me that her friends mm-hmm. were talking about true names and things and they were pagans huh. and and i was asking her about it right So like, I was like, excellent. They're finding their old tradition. So what religion were they? And she said, they just said they were pagan. I was like, so like, where were they born? Mm. And she was like, oh, they were born like around here in Georgia. And I was like, interesting. Are their parents? No, no, no. Their parents are Christian. Mm. And I was like, so to me, right, Mm. to an outsider who hasn't yet talked to them, Mm -hmm. it sounds like they're saying the word pagan, Mm -hmm. which they don't. Necessarily understand, like pagan is just every tradition that is not the status quo. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's literally any number of traditions. Yeah, I worship Zeus. (laughs) Yeah, thousands of traditions. I worship Ishala, right? I worship Marduk. Yeah, those those are not interconnected faiths, right? Unless you believe in the essentialism of faith, in which case, you probably don't want to listen any further. But (laughs) so. All of these things, right? They're saying they're pagan. They believe in these true names, right? Mm. They're they are doing this forced yeah. syncretism yeah. that exists with, with trying to not be woke because that's really a term that minorities tend to use and are applied to minorities, but they're using this spiritual term, uh, this sort of post nun term where I'm not religious, I'm spiritual, mm. and they're trying to find themselves but they're mixing mm-hmm. faiths that don't necessarily coincide. So they're right. taking pieces and putting it together. Right. Yeah. And I feel it's becoming a bit dangerous Yeah. for not, not the preservation of the faith because some of these faiths have been lost mm-hmm. uh, because of interactions between cultures, not all of them for uh, reasons of war, but just because people like sort of choose to assimilate into society. So like some Breton cultures, just chose right after you've seen all of your people slaughtered right Mm -hmm. and there are only a few hundred of you eventually at times you just sort of give up and just relent so that no one else has to die and then that's not a positive reason but the the outcome is not necessarily positive and the reasoning for doing it but the preservation of the life Mm -hmm. at times right supersedes the preservation of culture because in fact the culture would have not been preserved and then also your children would have been slaughtered alongside your culture Mm -hmm. so it's the choice of do i preserve the culture Mm. for another 10 years and run the risk of being slaughtered by uh, centurions Mm. (laughs) or do i just pretend (laughs) like it doesn't exist and pass on fragments of it yeah throughout the generations. Yeah. And then have a, a tiny piece of it to de- survive so someone can then discover monuments to you and become woke.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's the the pitfalls of of wo- of wokeness as a in its use, right? Where it's like for one, like uh kind of like f- flippantly like Mexican religions foregoes the kind of tradition that it's from. And as a result, um ah, there's something that I wanted to mention about um, I want to touch back about what you mentioned with people using the term pagan mm. and mixing different uh like cultures and like under the guise of wokeness right because I think that that's that's the the core of this discussion with this like prejudice of of using the term wokeness mm. is prevents us from having i guess critical investigations not only in our own culture but our own personal in this mm. case spiritual kind of reflections and I think part of the issue is that and you know this kind of like idea of like oh you have to you have to be your personal god you got to worship yourself would you see like a lot in like at least i see a lot in my mm-hmm. instagram feed um it's concerning cuz i think this kind of treatment um uh, is what pre- like under like the prejudice of wokeness or woke culture uh prevents us from realizing that one can't just mix two different traditions and enter one for their own kind of gain mm-hmm one reason is that it dies out very quickly it's a it's yeah a, it, it only serves your own uh, t- transient needs mm. uh, Two, in in uh, in not recognizing your own prejudices you're also ignoring the like the historical occurrences that occur like right with this like the issues of the invasion of Centurions mm. in, in, in Britain. Um, and Breton um, and as a result like you not only are you having a kind of bad faith in engaging it um, but you also in, in in trying to reconnect your roots other people see that and they mm-hmm. try to go to you as a guide and they try to be like what can i do you know to reconnect with my roots or like or, or my heritage or find new ways of exploring my faith or spirituality and now you're accountable mm-hmm. for not helping other people and yourself in interrogate uh not only your own prejudices but also the history that's been handed down to you right like putting uh Uh, I don't know, like using crystals flippantly isn't really going to help you Mm -hmm. if you aren't uh, aware of the culture and tradition behind it. That's why I think, you know, understanding tradition is important and essential to uh, innovating and uh, finding new ways to explore everything, faith, music, arts, Mm -hmm. uh, politics, and history. Um, And I think it's part of the issue with our cultures. And I think it's uh, part of the issue why (laughs) Why you know civilizations have not been able to continue is that lack of recognition of the past. You know, I I can't remember who, the quote was. Maybe like, uh, Jorge Santayana was mm. those who, uh, don't those who don't recognize history are bound to repeat it, right? Mm. And and as a result, you know, you may be establishing very small traditions, but how long are they going to last? Part of the beauty of, you know, culture and and tradition is that and customs is that in constant repetition from generation to generation, mm. it gains more weight and significance. Um, that's why, you know, religions say from uh, the Mediterranean, like Greek and Roman traditions, don't have the same weight to us now. We treat them as myths, right? As you said, yeah. because we don't practice that. And who has practiced that in, in years, except for like small, very yeah. small subcultures. Indeed. It has no weight. Indeed. Like in the same way that, you know, Jude- Abrahamic traditions do, right? And that's part of the reason why in finding our in reconnecting to our roots uh, or reconnecting to one's own roots rather right one needs to be conscious of what the traditions are how are they practiced currently mm. right as to not romanticize them and idealize. yeah them. that's yeah. that's another reason why woken is so dangerous you in in being like oh they're so woke or oh you know or, or people call you woke you implicitly start to inherit that prejudice and think oh what i'm doing is okay
0: yeah or virtuous absolutely and and the thing that we have to know about like, you know, the spirituality, wokeness, all this paradigm is that it, it begins to um sunder the name of the of the ancestors as people call them, mm. or the ancient ones, right? As if they don't still exist. Hmm. Like though Bretons had to like come back and immigrate or fight off, fend off, right? And there were a few hundred thousand um right not at that time but like a a few thousand left right the languages of france right the the evolving languages of france the immigration to brit to britain mm-hmm. and then france and brittany there are hundreds of thousands of breton speakers left who identify as breton as their second language mm. right so are these people woke because they happen to speak the language because i guarantee less than 30% of Bretons would be able to name more than 10 uh, religious factors that were in the original Breton faith before Catholicism or Protestantism came and, and ravaged the communities. Not to say that they're negative, right? Because some of them act, actively believed in the word of of God, mm-hmm. right? The, the God of the Christians, mm-hmm. right? But Let's be honest. These people aren't considered woke. Why? Mm -hmm. Because to Americans, they're just white people, right? Mm -hmm. No one sees the and And this happened with the nationalism that that helped propagate the First World War, right? Mm -hmm. We have this no longer caring about individual ethnic groups or language groups. Mm -hmm. We have this nationalist front. Mm -hmm. So this is how Turkey started suppressing the Armenian communities, Mm -hmm. and the Kurdish people, Mm -hmm. right? You are either Turkish or you're Azerbaijani, Turkmenistani. You are either in these places. You're not Turkish, right? Because luckily, right, always the group that's the hegemony also have the country, right? So Turkish people, Mm -hmm. Turkey, right? Türkçe, right? So, but I'm Kurdish. You are either Turkish on your passport whatever barber you speak at home mm-hmm. has nothing to do with, with this culture. You are Turkish, you fight for Turkey, right? You are American, you fight for America. We're America for Americans, I'm Navajo. You're in America, right? Now, what, what happened in 1902, right? Were they American then? Whenever they didn't have the right to vote, mm. right? Were they Were, were women Americans mm. then? Right. Because we have this thing where we now see ourselves as these, as these pundits of the new age. Right. Welcome to the new age. But we have to think that the people who are fighting against were the liberals of their time. Right. in in if we go and talk to someone who claimed to be a liberal in the 60s, we would think they were mad. Mm-hmm. Right. And whenever our children, our grandchildren are. Let's let's go to an extreme hypothetical dating aliens and interdimensional creatures, we're going to be like, why didn't you just date the nice Indian boy down the street? Because <laughs> now we no longer care about race, ethnicity, country, mm-hmm. social status. We now care about which planet people are from. Yeah. You see, we we always take it, right? Mm-hmm. right? We no longer care about sexuality. We're caring about things far outside of our sphere of influence because we have no say in it, right? Mm-hmm. This is why conservatives, right, and some liberals who are... Not liberals, but some Democrats and some Republicans from the before time, some independents as well, are see, even the way that I'm talking about time and mm-hmm. it's and the relativism, the before time. The before as time if, yeah. As if it's primitivity, but like land before time, little fun. Let's let's um we'll go from Catherine Bell. So uh. that that form of primitivity, so literally temporal time, not that one is less technologically capable but a time before there was um, diversity and specialization Mm -hmm. in economy and in, in society. So the time whenever there was less specialization, so we had direct segregation instead of this passive kind of segregation where, oh, if later happening in segregation, oh, if you can't read or you can't write or you can't pass this test, right? Even though segregation is outlawed, we still have this passive regime Of the segregation, right? And then once I identify that once again, oh, you you know about disenfranchisement? Whoa, you know, magically, because I just analyze what was freely available to us, right? There's this verse, there's this ignorance Mm -hmm. that's not active, right? We have this ignorance. Oh, she's ignorant, she can learn, and then we have this willful ignorance, which we all have in America right now. Mm -hmm. Most of us, I'll say most of us. Because most of us have smartphones. So we have access to all of this. So I'm not woke. Everyone is willfully ignorant. Yeah. That the fact that they're not learning this. Because we have people who were liberal in their times. King, Garvey, uh, El Shabazz, Malcolm X. We have all these people that now you call Malcolm X uh, a liberal. And then Malcolm X sees what we do. Malcolm X is a, a conservative. Right mm-hmm. a black conservative, mm-hmm. but not in the same sense as these young republican blacks mm-hmm. who are who are holding forth to to uh, Donald Trump because Malcolm X would disparage them as well. yeah, yeah, it's like we have these these things that are not relative to time, but these language <laughs> games that evolve with time, not not ideologies, right mm-hmm. but but the the rhetoric surrounding the ideologies in that we regroup them, we marginalize them, sort of like putting tribes together who don't like each other, right? Because going forth with this wokeness um, theme, right? So whenever we talk about tribes, right? We think, oh, indigenous peoples, North America, South America, Oceania, uh, sometimes Asia, Africa most certainly talk about the, the Congolese people, being separated and and put together, and the Baaka people being uh, attacked, the pygmies being attacked and headhunted and handhunted and eaten Mm -hmm. by people who were sent by Leopold's um, uh, regime, Mm -hmm. right? But then we we have this other thing where we have white people, right? So Mm -hmm. tribes, we just talked about Breton, right? But now if you go like, oh, think about tribes, I doubt a single American that we personally know right, mm-hmm. that's outside of our direct um, dialectical group, right. we know who they are, um, would actually mention a tribe that appears to be white. Except for East Europe, where we have Caucasian people, right, literally Eurasian people who go to, oh, they don't look like me. So yeah, yeah, those are tribes. We have Tutar, We have tribes in Mongolia who are technically Caucasian, more white by the sense of the word, than white people would call themselves now right yeah these peach skin tan people of north america of britain right yeah but now that i figure this out i'm woke mm-hmm. oh we have these tribes in montenegro in bosnia right yeah. we have these blood feuds right that used to happen that still happened but now we're outlawed right because we have this nationalism that comes through. Forget your tribes, because we have to bind a bigger economic unit. Now we have this socialization. We're moving out of primitivity into specialization and diversification of economy, right? Because that's what all this uh, social mobility of a society is, right? Going away from the nuclear family into the clan, then into the tribe, then into the nation, then into the country, now into a superpower, forget about, this is why people are always telling us, forget about the history. Why does it matter? Because it attacks the hegemony, which sustains the economy, which is why the term wokeness has to exist. And I know it seems like these points are tangential to those listening. However, this wokeness that happens to exist with the economy, which is why people, tell like uh, people who are seen as woke. Oh, you're, you're knowing too much. You got to be careful. Right. And people go like, that's not a real thing. But then we look at the people who I just mentioned, right.
2: Mm.
0: We have Martin Luther King. We have Malcolm X. We have Mahatma, Mahandas Gandhi. Is there a, is there a pattern? Mm. Each and every one of them got a reward for their, wokeness as we would call it Mm -hmm. a bullet Mm -hmm. you know every single one of them right Mm -hmm. so
1: yeah i'm I'm starting to like i'm i'm concerned more than ever now that with this notion of wokeness because it just seems like like i think real wokeness mm -hmm. is constantly challenging absolutely and and it seems like wokeness itself is just like a placebo that our mainstream culture has given us that kind of like just service of virtue signal mm. like i'm a good person because yeah. i'm woke or they're a good person and and they're woke and now and they're being woke me calling them woke now i'm woke i don't say that mm. but you think implicitly in saying that right and i, I it's it only sir and i wonder like i, I i'm worried right with I, listeners i worry right because i i even like me if i when i lose this conversation like will i continue to try and challenge Mm -hmm. myself every moment every day right with my prejudices will i uh open up my phone and actually educate myself or will i just allow this culture of wokeness to continue right because it's really just serving hegemony Mm um like i and i i i i I, I, like i'm gonna speak directly to the to the listeners now like when you when you when you call some something woke right, you're recognizing the histor- the, the, like, th- that it's like a, a true thing, right, mm. from a person that you think is at least a credible person, but have you gone beyond and, and researched it yourself? Yeah. Or are you just letting yourself be c- carried by the tide of mainstream culture? Yes. And, that's, it's part of the, that part, and the thing with mainstream culture, right, it only serves hegemonic structures. It mm. only serves transient uh, notions of like what you think is right and wrong. Yeah. Um, real progress. Is painful challengement. People that, you know, are mm-hmm. willing to take bullets for truth. Yeah. And and I don't think like we've ever ever actually created a culture based around challenging our prejudices, because our our culture thus far and, and like the span of history has just been cultures that allow power to be, you know, reified mm-hmm. or rather um, to continue to be propagated. Yeah. This the, the status quo. Um so i i i implore you right listeners have you as as you've been listening to this podcast have you been googling the stuff that australia has been saying indeed
0: because i could i literally wish that everyone would google everything i say yeah because you notice Mm -hmm. every single podcast i say one thing that may be true but it leaves something off i literally stop in the middle even though it sounds like a complete thought Mm -hmm. and then continue to something else and mm-hmm. if my listeners yeah. are active the way that I have asked you to be since the first episode, thank you, Alejandro, <laughs> then you will know that there are a string of thoughts that can be connected through all the podcasts mm-hmm. that have to be searched, mm-hmm. right? Because we always say the word hegemony. We've said the word hegemony at least 13 times in this podcast. Yeah, you don't know how much I've read Foucault. It, yeah, you don't I could know. Have maybe
1: I, you just read I, it like know. once.
0: I've been saying history instead of genealogy. Now oh, you know I've read no. Foucault.
1: Do now you, you gotta you read see? genealogy
0: too. <laughs> you see? Now, now look at this. Now I'm saying genealogy, so you know at least I've read a an abstract for a Foucault article. Yeah, but you still don't know that I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I sound intelligent.
1: The worst thing that could possibly happen after this podcast is that people start posting it on their Instagram saying hashtag woke.
0: Oh my.
1: Or 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 meta woke. Yeah. So to to continue like to switch gears and be serious again. Mm. Um yeah, like I think I, I think. What we need to start doing, us, like people that are genuinely concerned with the well-being of other peoples mm-hmm. and the preservation of truth through through history and also not not just history, but also, you know, I think part like in r- religious faiths, right? Yeah, recognizing that some people just don't know how to read sacred texts absolutely. um what we need to start doing is recognize that we can't be completely trusting in the people that we talk to, the people that we learn from, the people that we communicate with because while we may obviously need to establish empathetic and trusting relationships with these people we also owe it to them and ourselves mm. to question the things that we say yes i i i often like find myself and it's ob- obviously like one needs to have moderation right there are moments mm. where i catch myself like in a paralysis analysis as some people would say yeah of constantly questioning one's own uh, motivations and uh and thoughts but it's i think it's arguably healthier to, uh, to question than to move forward with confidence without knowing what you're doing because it's mm. just recklessness. Obviously, when you find the action you think is the most appropriate, take action. You know what I mean, like social action, right? Like, you know, would it, is, is going to this protest beneficial? Yes, no? Well, you have to figure that out on your own. And you can't just always trust people that you think are woke, right? Like Trevor Noah isn't the, the, the saint that's gonna help you figure out how exactly. to fix America. You know, neither is uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Indeed. Just because, you know, and I I know, like, I'm going to refrain from explicitly stating my uh, political, like, affiliation. However, um, while she does make a lot of great points Mm. and has provided a lot of um, good changes that need to be done in the United States, just because she does that doesn't necessarily mean we can trust her uh, one as a politician, two as a credible source of information. Mm. Not not to discredit her, right? And also, we should take into account. You know, I maybe could have uh, to continue this line of questioning. I could have provided uh, a man, uh, a white man, that had the same kind of social stance. Absolutely. You know, and provide because you know you, now you can start questioning. Yeah. If I have an inner prejudice towards women. Indeed. You know, and and I, I'm I'm laying myself on the table because I recognize I got flaws. Absolutely. Different politicians have flaws. So do a lot of celebrities, just because you think they're woke, you know, they're, we're still human. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Absolutely. Um, I I personally mm-hmm. noticed that whenever I sort of self cite myself, mm-hmm. because there was this instance uh, um, early in my university career where I would say things, and then people would be like, you could just be making up stuff. Uh, like Like people who mm-hmm. now say yeah. things like, oh, he's woke, right? Yeah. But- I am not woke. I am simply to them a repository of knowledge, Mm -hmm. right, of other critical thinkers, of other philosophers. Now I'm not woke. I'm a MacBook. Mm. You know, I'm just, you enter in a query, and then I I just spurt out something gathered from someone else. I, I say like Foucault and Habermas said, and then now I look to be intelligent, right? but now whenever i say my own things they're going to be like where did you read that and mm-hmm. then whenever i say that's an original idea like most of them i've just been citing sources where perhaps early in my career i gained influence for this yeah but now i've noticed that's unnecessary because yeah. now that i've obtained this wokeness as it seems you got the
1: little quoteness you got your quoteness your wokeness card in yeah. your wallet
0: So now I can literally say Mm -hmm. anything I want on campus and people just believe me. And I hate that. Mm -hmm. I I wish people would actively question me. Mm -hmm. And some people do. Right. Are you sure about that? Yeah.
1: Uh, That was me questioning (laughs) (laughs) you.
0: Like some people question me, but, but then I realize because I have, I already have it loaded Mm -hmm. up that, that, oh, no one usually questions me anymore, but I always have the the answer to the question ready. Yeah. Oh, really? What else? Mm-hmm. And then I, I, without a second step, mm-hmm. I just continue with their, with their second question, answering yeah. it flawlessly to mm-hmm. them. They're like, well, and then they just stop asking me questions again. I'm like, no, just because I got it once, right? Correlation is not causation. I happen to have it right that time. Maybe the next time you ask me about it, I can be like, I actually don't know. That's just, you know, coming from my experience.
1: Yeah. And I think to, to further instill doubt in our listeners, right? The, the same thing happens in, in philosophy, where yeah. a lot of contemporary philosophers and academics will read readings of other works, but never really go back to read what those things, like many people that are like, say like, uh not to say disciples, because it's kind of pejorative, mm. but people that take influence from, say, post-structuralist philosophers, yeah. What are the chances that those current scholars read the works that Derrida got influenced from mm, you know mm-hmm. it's it's absolutely essential to continuously read absolutely. and study and question what it is that the people that are influencing you are getting from yeah. and what you are you're doing i think questioning is certainly the most healthy thing a, a, a brain could do but and, and even then i think part of it too is questioning questioning yeah. Are you sure you're actually asking questions that are mm. beneficial to your line of thinking, to your way of life? Yeah. Uh, and I think and it serves in so many ways. You know, people give questioning a bad rap, say in like, in most, I would say, religious communities. Mm-hmm. But the benefits of questioning one's faith can only serve to strengthen your notions of what truly gives you the most meaning out of life. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. truly connects you, in some cases to God, in some cases to, to gods, mm-hmm. you know? Um, or 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 God, it says. You know, you start asking questions is what allows you to to further absolutely move away from the pitfalls of wokeness towards, you know, I, I would say being in a kind of capital yeah. B kind of way. Yeah. Um, because I think that's really what's what's about is trying to move from this kind of mode of speaking that is limiting mm. to allow to oneself to be subservient to hegemony. Because when we think about it, like even progressivism in the united states and liberalism mm. still succumbs to the same structure that it's trying to correct in a lot of ways yeah um be it in its inability to recognize the historical like uh and current lift political realities of the minority citizens that it supposedly tries to defend mm. um so as a result in and still you know idealizing um progressive politicians like bernie sanders right we still can't move past the to, tr- to truly questioning the structures at place. We just think like, "Oh, Bernie's a good guy, you mm. know. It's cool, Uncle Bernie. He knows about cool things, you know. He's hip with the kids." Yeah. Whereas, you know, we still have to question him because he's a politician. He mm. still still follows the same kind of structures that most politicians do. Um, and I think we should hold this kind of uh leveling even to our the like as I mentioned before when it comes to like women politicians right like uh, like I remember with um, with Hillary Clinton when she was running for for office against Donald Trump mm. people were throwing so much flack at her and it's not to say that you know some of it wasn't warranted but the same amount of flack could have been thrown at from when Donald Trump and so many other politicians in the Democratic and Republican bill so mm. it's 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 mind-boggling to see how we don't even question our prejudices towards gender towards race you know like, let's not forget the like the horrendous things that were done in protest to to Barack Obama running for president both yeah. times um and 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 a part of it too like obviously like the 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 group the social group in power in this case in the United states you know white people right or affluent affluent or middle class white people mm-hmm. obviously question their prejudice the same thing with communities of of people of color like coming in from a uh, Cuban and uh, Latin mixed background, like there's so much prejudice, not only in our own culture towards in ourselves, but also in our own free assumptions about, you know, the United States as a whole, uh, things that we don't recognize or fail to recognize. You know, I think about with with Cuba too, the implicit racism that just doesn't get talked about yeah, at all. And it, it's not until I took classes that forced me to question my own beliefs where I started thinking like, oh my God, you know, despite how romanticized and tropicalized, you could say, Cuba is, right? And idealized because of this false guise of uh, the progressive, uh, like, utopia of communism, right? It's still, like, there's still racism. There's still inequality. There's still uh, loads of, of uh, prejudice still abound. And the same thing happens mm-hmm. in any culture. That's part of the reason why, you know, in questioning, we crush our idols. And I think one of those idols is definitely hashtag wokeness
0: yeah um so you mentioned earlier that we mm-hmm. always talk about philosophers critical thinkers religious um theorists yeah and then we never read mm. the people who they read yeah or the people who influenced them yeah so we like always mention uh like communalism communism socialism mm-hmm. and we talk about marx yeah we never talk about Fuhrbach. we talk about mm-hmm. Fanon, uh stuart hall never talk about cesaire who literally taught fanon who we all reference
2: mm-hmm. yet
0: I have talked to psychoanalysts mm-hmm. who don't know who Césaire is wow how how does the history just cut like yeah. fanon just came out of nowhere he yeah. just magically without ever going to school and got a doctorate <laughs> yeah who who was his professor yeah who, who taught him
1: you sure it's a you sure it's a PhD right there the the
0: the the, the, the the leader, the president of Martinique, Mm -hmm. Césaire, Mm -hmm. taught Fanon. Mm -hmm. And you don't know the president of the country who was also the leader of the Negritude Movement who taught the person who you study. Like, whenever you look at Fanon on Wikipedia, it should say Césaire or living in Martinique. You click on Martinique in this time, it should say Césaire was president. Oh, who's that? Click teacher of Fanon. Oh Wow listeners Google that right now <laughs> look it up dare you double dare you look it up
1: um, but yeah you're absolutely right and I think part of it is our own preconditioned subservience to mm. what we're just given right I, I think the most beneficial classes you could take in college to bring it home mm. right are the ones that force you to question even the things that you're learning and mm. I'm thankful for our departments in the humanities, right? Because they do a really good job of doing this. Mm. They provide you with information that's very challenging. They, they give us the mm. original texts. Um, and they also are good sources of information to then for us, right? For us to take upon the the quest of learning and questioning on our own. We can't just be, I, I sit idly by when we are not able to, you know, connect the dots, so to speak. Yeah. Um, yeah. By now, you should have uh, Googled uh, M. Césaire and François Fanon. If not, do so now. Indeed. And text uh, hashtag wokeness to the iDo
0: phone number. Don't forget Edouard Glissant, who was yeah. a contemporary mm-hmm. and also did the same things. We rarely talk about him. Why? Because he didn't write that heavily in English, whereas Fanon was Yeah. Uh, well enough in the negritude movement to be able mm-hmm. to not get his work translated. Because think about it. World War Two. Yeah. Collaborative regime in Paris,
2: yeah,
0: colony of the of the state yeah. of France, meaning that the navy came back onto the island and in force started killing people. Right, mm. new Nazis, literally Franco neo Nazis, right, Franco neo Nazis, the French Nazis, on an island full of dark people, mm. Jews and Indians. This is probably why you don't see translations of Édouard Glisson or readily read them. Mm-hmm. Because uh, these people were writing during times whenever there were Nazis on the island uh, uh, fighting for black rights yeah. against hordes of Nazis. Yeah. So the fact that any of their work survived, right? Mm-hmm. Not to mention uh, a, f- a few decades before Mm-hmm. uh the volcano in Saint Pierre exploded mount Pele exploded wiping out nearly the entire town of Saint Pierre right mm-hmm. to think that these guys were still incumbent writing about the movements whenever they were also helping reestablish the, the greatness of Martinique which could not be established as the greatness of Martinique because it even though right the the indigenous peoples and the and the afro diaspora in martinique were building it up people would say oh it's only because they the that france maintains their debt because they're a colony the only reason they could get to this point is because right right the the sort of uh inferiority complex that is propagated by the hegemony, but is not uh absorbed by the 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 minority itself right yeah so even though people are saying only because of france right it's like the the negritude movement says it uh satirically like yeah only because of france we we built these things ourselves with french money Mm -hmm. that we paid to french contractors to allow us to build on the place where we live so france paid themselves in order to make us build for free Mm. so it's like if you think about it it's a circular argument and it didn't help that uh cesare fanon and glison were uh not having any of that shit. yeah
1: speaking of not having any of that um i wanted to riff off what you mentioned about inferiority complex and mm-hmm. also with a very like specific uh example when you mentioned like how the like inability to like or like the lack of translations available it made me mm-hmm. realize that a lot of the prejudice we have is in part in our language right we talk about wokeness and even mentioned it as a word itself right um and i think it happens too with you know now moving on to this idea of like uh as you mentioned inferiority complex mm. where it really isn't i mean it can be instilled in a kind of internalized way towards uh subaltern peoples or uh people of color in the united Absolutely. states Spirac, yeah. But, but yeah but for but for the most part you know i i want to make it very clear i do not feel inferior to you uh most white people that i know <laughs> You know i and i I notice i've I've studied this not only in in academic papers but just in my own time the ways in which people speak to me, right? so one thing I often find with my male white friends is mm. that people call me buddy sometimes,
0: yeah, and I
1: notice and I notice it doesn't happen to other white people, yeah, and like part of me wants to think is like i'm five six, most of these people are Nordic giants, yeah. however, I also notice that it sometimes happens to people of color who are also of the same height mm. or if they're intimidated by them they won't they usually won't speak to them because yeah, yeah. they get afraid but it's a kind of rhetorical measure to instill the inferiority mm. complex in their own minds and the minds of white people uh, for the most part right uh, and also uh, makes them feel safer or mm. or as though like they th- they may think of me as a threat without realizing it right like I'm not saying that you do think this mm. most people uh however why to have you question why you use a certain term are you as are you really as diligent with your language as you think you are yeah that's really my concern here like i'm not i'm not gonna sit sit down with every single one of you and figure out uh are you like submitting to your prejudices one because it's not my responsibility Mm -hmm. two because if you want to further talk about this because i feel like i'm gonna get some flack for this i have in the past but i i i Really want you to question because I, 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 and I would hope you would also question my own prejudices with regards to this. It's really weird to speak to listeners that aren't here at the moment, but yeah. but I, I, I think it's essential for us to start questioning even the ways we speak. dementia I remember I was talking to a good friend of ours, mm. Zach Alexander, mm. and and I was talking to him about the whole buddy thing, and yes. and he suggested uh because he because of like the way that he holds himself. Is he's a very unique individual. Like mm-hmm. I don't think I'm ever going to meet anyone like Zach mm-hmm. ever again. And and because of his height and his extreme intelligence, people often view him in that same kind of like threatening manner. And of mm-hmm. course, like he's he's a white guy, you know. Yeah. So it's it's interesting that it happens to him as well. And one thing he just does is just start, shut him down from the get go. Don't call me buddy ever again. Yeah, uh-huh. it,
0: it's it. I feel like it's a way, right, right, to to make it seem to the individual who's speaking, right, right, yeah. the initiator to the, the recipient, mm-hmm. that I am giving you a platform to speak. So now, even though you may be smarter than me, I've established buddy, right? Yeah. Bud.
1: You're my dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah Actual yeah. dog.
0: Right? Yeah. Even though you're bigger than me, right? A cane corso, an Irish wolfhound. Even though you're bigger than me and you can kill me because I now command you dialectically, Yeah. Uh, there's nothing mm-hmm. that I have to fear. You allowed me to call you buddy. Yeah. Right? Mm. Yeah, so I see that. Mm. I do indeed see that.
1: Yeah. It's dangerous. And I also worry too with the way like I remember when I first came to college one of my one of the first friends that I mentioned a really incredibly brilliant guy. He talked about the this notion of the good ones. Mhm. Uh which I think happens a lot with with people of color in the United States where we will be like if you know how to comport yourself in a way that's like subservient to he- the hegemony mm. you're referred to as one of the good ones or in in conversation uh like say like two people like white people are talking to each other about a, mi- a minority student is like oh no he's one of the good ones you mm-hmm. know he dresses in flannel he has yeah, yeah. you know stuff like that right or or he speaks really good English mm-hmm. um, what if I didn't you know would I stop being a good one yeah. are you have you evaluated my uh, moral character yeah yeah to my extent of knowledge probably not you just met me you know so it's it's moments like that where the the same kind of uh, structures that go like, are uses of language that go on with wokeness happen with other derogatory ways in which we treat people of color and at times other white people, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think of it too with like um, white people who actually try to, you know, learn and educate themselves and question yeah. prejudices, you know, their own and others. They'll be written off as like, um, you know, oh, he's just a crazy liberal, right? Or stuff like that. Um, which obviously is a different kind of uh, derogatory connotation. However, it's still using language to put someone off, right? Or when someone, for the sake of for the sake of fun, right, tries to engage in a kind of philosophical, deep kind of discussion, and and they'll just be running off as like, oh, he's just being weird, you know? That's so weird. Where we have this like romanticization of deep, meaningful conversations, mm. yet for the most part, in your day to day experience. When was the last time you really talked to someone?
0: Yeah. 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 Like like we bounce ideas off each other mm-hmm. with people who we uh, believe the same things as, which I have noticed. Mm. I, I purposely find people who believe different things from me mm. and then try to have conversations with them. And then I realize there's no reciprocity. Like mm. I am fully willing to listen. But mm-hmm. they are not, yeah, and it's like they need me to like be a dartboard to receive everything that they believe, yeah, and then not so, throw back so it's like to talking speak. to dads, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> it's it's i it, have noticed it's a real problem, like people who are like people who I've talked to like go like, oh, yeah, I've read screw tape letters, right, going back to religion, yeah, and then everything, screw tape letters, so we have c s Lewis influenced by Aquinas, mm-hmm. Aquinas, yeah. Right? We can we can stop at Aquinas. We we start talking about Aquinas. Oh yeah, Aquinas. Oh wait, let's go a little bit further. Augustine of Hippo. Mm. And then it's like, oh, a North African? A a person <laughs> who a person who knew Coptics, dark in power, a saint. How about how about we jump to uh, Francis of Azizi? He he, he liked animals. No, no, no. How about we stay on Augustine real quick? Mm-hmm. The guy who didn't read out loud, the weirdo to mm-hmm. the Greeks. Mm-hmm. The the the, the dark one who knew too much, right? He knew too much. But to the Greeks, it wasn't like that, right? Mm-hmm. Now we can say, oh, the guy, he knew a lot, right? But to the oh. Greeks, that was just another guy, kind of weird because he didn't read out loud. Yeah. But beyond that, not weird because of his skin color,
2: mm-hmm.
0: just weird because of the way he read. Yeah. There was nothing beyond that. He was mm-hmm. a brilliant analytical Christian, Yeah. Uh, a Roman priest. Um. So yeah, people... People at that time, right? It's mm. not until we reach Napoleonic era, mm. um, you know, great height of the of the British imperialism, right the first mm-hmm. British Empire, the Romans that we start having this whitewashing of history, right mm-hmm. after Byzantium, though, so we have Romans as an Italian state, not Romans as a the Roman Empire yeah. or even the Holy Roman Empire. so we start having this whitewashing right mm. and then you know. I had to bring it back to whitewashing so we can stay woke. Because, mm-hmm. you know, oftentimes, like dear white people, mm-hmm. uh, the the program that was a movie and is now a series, um, that is on Netflix and probably other streaming sources, where we have the mention of woke and the the creators, the showrunners of that show mm-hmm. use it brilliantly, right? Mm-hmm. Because they have people that say it, like, oh yeah, stay woke. But the characters are not cliche black characters. They Mm -hmm. are actual dynamic characters where some of them act stereotypically black. But then whenever you see the introspection, Mm -hmm. right, whenever Reggie was threatened by the police with the gun, right, he had to act hard. Right. But as soon as he got back, he had that 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 moment whenever he could have been killed and then he has to reconcile it because you have to act hard in person, right? To mm-hmm. keep up your cred, so to speak, so that people don't try you all the time. Yeah. And you might be fully capable of beating everyone up. Mm-hmm. But the, the thing is, you don't want to have to.
1: It's exhausting.
0: Yeah. because like, if I had a dime for every time someone threatened me, mm-hmm. and then I did not threaten them back, I just looked at them, and then they knew that I probably shouldn't because this guy didn't flinch like the other guys. Then I would have quite a few dimes, <laughs> but anyways, we have Reggie, uh so we're mentioning characters now in dear white people if you just join us. I don't know how you're just joining a podcast. It's not like we're on live television just skipping around, but you know, they you got know. bored with the Aquinas
1: part and <laughs> no, like did. philosophy
0: yeah, I, that might be the case <laughs> <laughs> but now we're we're at one hour seven minutes, so we might as well just keep it moving, you know until we stop moving uh so we have this moment this this trial right not even mentioning kierkegaard let's
2: mm-hmm.
0: let's go to derrida right mm-hmm. so we have this deconstruction of oneself so you have this facade mm-hmm. right Ooh, i just relate to critical thinkers no nah, i shouldn't feel myself like that <laughs> <laughs> so we have this this uh deconstruction of oneself before everyone's eyes Right, but the facade must be maintained. Yeah, right. As communication theorists Garfinkel and Goffman would say, but more leaning towards Garfinkel because it is a necessity. Right, society will break down if we all don't perform as the actors on the theater that is life. Right. Yeah. If we don't act in the game of life, so to speak, then we dissimulate society. So I have to if I start off with this cred of being a hard black an academic black if i ever act any other way they'll Mm -hmm. be like that's not like you Mm -hmm. and then i'm like who do you know that's how do you know that's not like me the the person who i let you see me as is is a person who i'm not acting like right now
2: Mm -hmm.
0: but who i actually am that's that's beside the point i am acting like me because i am me acting therefore i am acting like me because i I don't, I'm not a simile, I am. Mm -hmm. I am just acting myself. Yeah. Not acting like anyone else. Oh, you're acting white. You're acting black, right? Mm -hmm. And then that's often the conception, right? Uh, Because here and now, now, audience, since we're all in this together, so to speak, right? Now you can see that these are not just tangents, right? Because it all leads to, are you acting white? Are you acting black? Because there's a thing whenever you talk too correctly, mm-hmm. right? You stop, you start to lose your erotic influences, your ebonic, so to speak for black people or your Chicano slide for, uh, Latinx people from Mexico mm-hmm. or, or the Cubano trill, right? So to speak.
1: I have a trill. I don't know. No, no, no,
0: no. But, but you know what I mean? Like yeah, there, there's yeah. a cadence that we pick up from our parents. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, if you start to, start to lose that yeah. because of university, right? And then you know knowledge, right? Then you're acting white. If you maintain mm-hmm. your, your dialect, right? Yeah. If you maintain your speech pattern and then you still have this, but you manage to uh, transmit this information to the elders in your community, then you're woke. So if I talk about the whitewashing of history Mm. in Ebonics, I'm no longer talking white. I'm woke because I'm maintaining the efficacy of my my minority group while transmitting the, the correct history. So because whenever I talk academically, right, white, and then I'm telling about the whitewashing of history, then no one trusts me. Why? Because the people who whitewash history, I am now talking like them. So, how is anyone supposed to trust me Mm -hmm. whenever I'm not talking like the people that I'm trying to uh, inform about the truth? I'm now talking like the people who lied about it for centuries. So, whenever I talk, right, to my grandparents, right, my American grandparents, I talk like Mm -hmm. them, right, Mm -hmm. because I have this fluidity of of accent, right? It's not active, right? Code switching is not active. It's 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 all it should always be passive. Otherwise, you're not you're disingenuous. Yeah, you're you're not being real to who you are. right? Whenever I talk with my grandparents, they can tell that I don't talk like them. Mm -hmm. Right. But they could also tell that I haven't just been assimilated and just believe whatever they would say white people are telling me. Right. Because we got to we got to admit, even though I don't believe in cultural relativism, They did exist in a time which stratified their minds to believe in one way or the other. And whenever my grandfather was shot with a water cannon uh, and ran from shotgun shells in in the south, right? And then eventually being a truck driver in Alabama, then, then we can see why they don't want me to tell them about the time before they live a time that i could not possibly actually know and i sound white because then where did i learn it the white people who did this to them yeah yeah
1: Mm -hmm. I, i now worry that like the this whole like like episode only serves to like have people think that we hate white people or
0: that unfortunately or, yeah. or that or
1: that or or a white person comes up and is like you don't know how I think it's like i'm Absolutely. trying to say i don't know how i think either
0: yeah i don't know right i'm um, deconstructing myself as i reconstruct the narrative mm-hmm. that none of us know yeah and and because we are still deconstructing and reconstructing narratives right because we must form our new narratives we can't just sit here all day yeah. therefore we must assimilate from here and mm-hmm. assimilate on a new day so we thank Alejandro for being here.
1: Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure.
0: Of course. And uh, next time, right? If you go and follow us on Instagram, what's your Instagram?
1: Mine? Uh, Alejandro it's the a, OK. The OK. Yeah. OK. It's
0: changed since my time. What?
1: No, it's 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 an Alexander the Great reference. Mm. He's the great. Ah, the okay.
0: Alejandro the OK. That's fire. You'll okay. learn how to spell Alejandro. It'll be in the description. Um And... Young pygmy, young underscore pygmy, that's me. Anywho, we are going to dissemble from here. We must go. You must go. If you've wasted one hour, 14 minutes of your life, remember it wasn't wasted because you've at least learned one thing. You at least learned one word or one thing. And if not, please hit me up on that Instagram and come be on the show, (laughs) please. Okay, thank you. This is In Defense of Humanity. Goodbye. Hashtag woke.